Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And I'm Marshall. All right. All righty today is Today's another one of those marathon days. Mm-hmm. Just two this time. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, summer's going to be that way for us. Yeah. Vacations and such. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, summers are summers are busy, right? Yeah, right. And a lot of a lot of ministries get shut down over the summer. Mm-hmm. A lot of things get put on pause. Tim, not the pod, not the pod. Despite the temptation to do so, we're gonna keep trucking. Do you think if we stop doing the podcast in the summer? Because I I know summer is for m- most people, if if not most, at least many mm-hmm. favorite season of the year especially if you live in canada <laughs> if we stopped doing the podcast do you think that would change i think people would be like my summer's not so great anymore give me winter <laughs> <laughs> i just is need that, more marshall and tim in my is life that, is that too much is that, is that asking yes, too much yes that's too much yeah, that people yeah. would okay <laughs> dude like we get like we get like three four months tops of good weather in this country there's you gotta you gotta really you gotta really wreck something to 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 change that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that might be an overestimation. But at the same time, you know, we wanna we wanna keep this thing going. We wanna keep trucking along. You know, right. we wanna serve our people as best we can. Yeah. So yeah, here we yeah. are. And we are talking and through a little series about the desirability. Mm. Of the Christian worldview. The beauty. Not just the logic, but the beauty mm. of it all. Because we believe that the two are intertwined. The, yeah. And yeah. I would say, if it's not logical, who cares that it's beautiful? Mm. As as a worldview to mm-hmm. stand by, to mm-hmm. answer deep questions, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to... You don't have to go there with starbursts and be like, starbursts aren't nutritious, that they're beautiful is then pointless. No, they're not pointless. They're delicious. Mm, that's true, um, especially the red ones. But as, as a worldview that you're basing your life on, I live according to this, mm. right? If it's, if it's not real, what's the point? Right, right. right. Yeah. And, and, and on the flip side, that it's real is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the or kind of be. the cruxes of this episode in particular, as we kind of set up the rest of the series, is that truth and beauty are relatively intertwined, right? They're not necessarily in conflict with one another, mm-hmm. but they're they're harmonized, right? right? In in a sense, right? So so that's kind of something that we need to to keep in mind as well, right? That like because beauty is a thing, or if beauty is a thing, let's start there. If beauty is a thing, mm-hmm. there must be an element of truth underlying that um, that causes us to recognize and appreciate it and evaluate it. Yeah, and and so in in the in the spirit of beauty mm. and recognizing that one of the things the thing that we work with most are words. Mm-hmm. That is our art form. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the rough outline, the rough title for this episode. 
uh, in our waxing eloquence. <laughs> is, be- is beauty substantive? Mm, substantive. Who cares? Right. Right? And, and this, is, this is where we base this from. I, I hear a lot in the secular world, people talk about things like people of faith, all faiths, mm-hmm. throwing them in together as a group. People of faith uh, live longer, uh, seem to have more purpose mm-hmm. in life, um, get through illnesses better, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's this very sort of patronizing tone. Mm, you know? Yeah. That's sort of like, good for them. Right. <laughs> good for them. They believe in Santa Claus, and that makes Christmas more enjoyable. Mm. I'm happy. I'm happy that they have that. <laughs> yeah, and I've 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 heard it's 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 almost a little patronizing, but I've you know, I've had people in my own life kind of say that, right? That's good for you. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad that you find truth and and purpose and meaning in that. Yeah. It, it, it's it's akin to the ignorance is bliss, but it's sort of like a delusion is bliss mm. kind of an attitude, mm-hmm. right? Oh, um, that you believe that, which I would argue is not actually a thing, but if it helps you, <laughs> then I'm happy for you. Right. And right. it's really dismissive. Yeah. And it's also like, why do you care? Right? Like, I mean, why do you care what's good for me of good is just this imaginary thing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How does that advance the well-being of the species? Yeah. Right? It's I, like, well, you're, you have less pain because okay. you're, you're healthier. You're emotionally healthier. Right. So if I'm healthier um, from, a, from a survival of the fittest standpoint and for an advancement of the species standpoint, you almost say, well, if this is a, makes a tangible positive benefit on my life, Shouldn't you join me? <laughs> right? Yeah, but even if it's all just make belief, right? Like if it's gonna make you live longer, if it's gonna increase the likelihood of you getting married and having children and having a productive life, like, hey man, sign up. <laughs> not not that I'm advocating no. for that kind of evangelism, but no, it's just funny I, though. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the the point isn't just like you can join the church and believe, sure, and, sure, and follow it. But the point is just to say. Yeah, I think, I think maybe even the lost world would look to that and say, yes, but the benefit is that you truly believe, mm. and I don't, right. so the benefits are not mine, mm. because in the back of my mind, I know all along that I'm just playing the game. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're like, if only, if only you were more ignorant, you could be miserable, or if only I was less ignorant, I could be more happy, right? The ignorance is, you're right, ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah. At least that's kind of the way it's, it's yeah, it's communicated. Yeah. yeah. But. But. What if it's true? What if it's true? Yeah. And I think we, we, we spent a lot of time dealing with kind of the, the objective things and, and this transition into the beautiful that we started last week, I think is, is a really meaningful approach um, as we kind of mentioned, it might be even a strategic one or a more effective one in today's day and age, because our culture has been in some ways, you know, um, beauty in and of itself has been diminished. Uh, but I still think it resonates. It really resonates with a lot of people. In fact, you know, I read 
I read an article from an apologetics website that, and I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but essentially it was like, maybe the apologetics of beauty is the angle to take with millennials, which I thought was really neat. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, an interesting kind of shift of focus. Say, you know, there's still space to have those conversations, the conversations that we've had um, over the first bit of this year, but uh, maybe maybe there's there's space for this to be a really effective um really effective approach, right? So Yeah, and and what we're not talking about is Pascal's wager. No, 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 no. Right? No, do no. you have do you have that in your notes for today? I don't. Okay, so I'll I'll throw out a quick explanation of Pascal's wager. So Pascal, uh philosopher, um French. Yeah, French sixteen hundreds. Um, 16 or 17, yeah. Blaise Pascal. And so so Pascal's thing is to say, if there is a God, mm-hmm. if the God of the Bible is true, mm-hmm. and we believe the God of the Bible to be true, mm-hmm. the benefits in this life and in the life to come are immense. Mm-hmm. If it's not true, then you've lost nothing. Right? Benefits in this life, you still have. Mm -hmm. If it's not true, you die. You you cease consciousness. There's no there's no post mortem consequence. Right. Right. Right? Um, If you deny God, and you're right, there's no gain. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you deny God and you're wrong, there is eternal conscious consequence Mm -hmm. why not then just sign up (laughs) right (laughs) and hedge your bets (laughs) right that's the that's the dirty version that is of pascal right but that's that's sign up and hedge your bets yeah yeah. uh this is soteriologically just rot yeah it's it's, not it's it's not good it's not good here but there is a little bit that i do kind of like uh, and and it's a very petty part of it that I like. Uh, there's always this notion when, when people are doing apologetics against Christianity, anti-Christian apologetics, where there's, anytime there's just that little bit of arrogance and that sort of thing, I just am weirdly excited by the notion that if I'm wrong, I will never know and neither will they. <laughs> I will only ever be convinced that I was right. Right. And if I'm wrong, mm. I'll never know that. Right? Oh, no. So if I'm wrong, I'll never know that I was wrong. But if I'm right, you'll then eternally, I'm right. You'll eternally right? know you So there, right. there yeah. is a bit of like this very fleshly, sinful <laughs> sort of like... <laughs> pride element i get it that kind of likes pascal's wager just yeah. to say like yeah you do the science like okay mm-hmm. so yeah even if, if you're the, oh the other side of that i was going to say this is i got confused with my own thing this is what happens when you okay. don't bring this in your notes if they're right they will never have even the slightest second of reveling in the fact that they were right right so I yeah. never, I will never have even the slightest moment of understanding that I was wrong, and they will never have the slightest moment 
of understanding that they were right. Yeah. If that's how it turned out. Yeah. It's one of those things where like in, in media and you know, like I, you know, I take in all sorts of media and, and non-Christian stuff and I watch a lot of comedy and, and from time to time you come across someone who wants to kind of make light of Christ or the Christian faith. And I, you know, I don't, I don't steer towards those, those comedians or those shows or whatever, but sometimes it just kind of comes up and I'm always kind of like in the back of my mind when I see that, I'm always kind of like, that's a bold move. Let's see how it works out. For I know, you. I know. I'm like, you know, and not that I'm, not that I'm hoping for condemnation for these people. I mean, ideally mm-hmm. you want them to, to repent and be saved, but there's always this part of me that's like. That that's really the move you're gonna play? Like you're mm-hmm. really gonna you're gonna keep judgment upon yourself that way? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, all right. And it just makes you hold your breath for them, mm. right? In just that moment, we just because I, I I think it, it would be a misunderstanding. Even though we we laughed and kind of poked at it a little bit, it's it's a misunderstanding to say that I would ever come across with the notion of they'll get theirs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or I told you so, or yeah, we'll see. That's not really there. The best. There is there is none of that. There's no space for that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but by the grace of God, mm-hmm. I would be in that same place. Right, right. It is a tragic and unrelenting mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is kind of where, the, like I said, where the flesh wants to go. Mm-hmm. In, in response to this sort of Pascal's wager kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw some t-shirts. Um, somebody posted a, um, some pictures on a, on a Christian group I'm in and it was at one of the, uh, one of the pride parades cause it is June mm-hmm. and it was these shirts that people had made. Someone had made these shirts and it said going to hell with pride. And it's like, Oh yeah. Why, why revel oh, in that? Just, Yeah. Mm. Anyway, right? Yeah. So, so, we're, we're so, yeah. This is we're not talking about any that. sort of wagers. Nope. We're talking about beauty, right? We're talking about if we're talking about is there substance mm-hmm. in the beauty, right? Or is it just beauty for beauty's sake, right? Or is it art for art's sake? Or is beauty even a thing? Mm-hmm. Does beauty even exist, right? Right? Because that that I think that's like that's an even more foundational question, right? Like. Right, like so, if we if we kind of on our own, and you, dear listener, you consider something that in your mind that is just unbelievably beautiful, whatever whatever that thing might be, right? Um, the question is, is it only beautiful because you think it is? Right? Is it is beauty like people say, just merely in the eye of the beholder, or or are there things that are unquestionably beautiful? Right. That, that's a good, I, like for me, that's kind of where I begin to think about it. Right. Is like, okay, is beauty just, it's beautiful because I think it's beautiful. Or is there such a thing, an objective, substantive value to beauty beyond mm-hmm. just that tickles a part of my brain for, for whatever reason. Right. And, and what, what you have to stay away from this is, uh, that guy. Hmm. Just that guy, the guy who's out there being that guy, okay, who just has to be the antithesis of whatever it is you're for, okay, right? <laughs> and and sometimes the theoretical, not the even the actual that guy, but the theoretical that guy, mm-hmm. where you'd say, what are what are some tropes of beauty? 
sun setting across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure there's someone out there being that guy going, I, I don't like it. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but that, this has become a trope of a concept of beauty. Mm-hmm. And that we we see it so universally says that guy's just being that guy. Right. And that doesn't take away from the fact that this is just an, an acknowledgeably beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause here's my thing. Like if because here's the thing, if if beauty is sub, is truly subjective, then that guy is just as right as anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Right? But we feel kind of in our bones that like that guy who's got to kind of poo poo on on anything that's good yeah. is just being a jerk and is just out to lunch, right? Yeah. We have this internal sense of that, right? So, so at risk of saying we dismiss the opinions of all of those who disagree with us to prove that we are without question correct. <laughs> it's there. There is a there is a level of that. I think. I think the thing is like the argument of beauty is connected to an argument of experience, mm-hmm. right? So, like, we can kind of, like, lo- we can't totally just abandon the logical and rational side of things, but we can kind of sidestep it for a moment and just be like, okay, we're all human human beings. We all have various senses. We all live in this world. We all experience things, um, sometimes in, 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 in slightly different ways, admittedly, sure, with slightly different tastes, but... You know, from our own experience, from our own existence, like what, mm-hmm. and, and, and from what we see in the world around us, like what seems to be real and genuine yeah. and meaningful and purposeful. And, and, and I, I think one way that we can look at this without just, like I said, entirely dismissing everyone who disagrees with us so that we're right, um, is to say the other variable is a person's capacity to acknowledge or receive beauty, mm. right? Sure. So for instance... Uh, a person could busy themselves so much that they don't take any time to accept or receive beauty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so sunset doesn't mean anything to them because it's not a part of their agenda mm-hmm. of, you know, like busyness, putting my, you know, the my own provisions on the table, whatever it is that I'm, I'm busying myself with, whatever I've elevated above. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just don't have time for that, mm-hmm. right? And so in that, I would have artificially limited my capacity to receive that kind of a beauty, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't affect whether or not the thing is beautiful. There's also a conversation and a person has to have the capacity and mm-hmm. the will to receive that. Yeah, and I mean, okay, that's that's a good point. Yeah, because I mean, so does someone's inability to witness and appreciate beauty impact the beauty of that thing. Yeah. Right on the level. Because because if if it does, like if if beauty is subjective, if beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder, then really it just becomes about whether or not whatever it is that you're seeing, experiencing, hearing, whatever meets your appetite. Mm-hmm. Right? So what physiological response does it give you? Right? How does it make the neurons in your brain fire? Is it yum or is it yuck? And that's it. That's all it is, mm-hmm. right? If 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 beauty isn't this substantive, objective, real thing, if it's just subjective, if it's just individual, then beauty is just yum or yuck. 
See, it's a chemical response. It's all it is. And, and in an evolutionary perspective, mm-hmm. they would argue mm-hmm. it's a chemical response, and as is every other response, mm-hmm. tied directly to survival. Right. Right? Because survival is the only goal mm-hmm. of the evolutionary process. And so, is it tasty or is it not, is a product of survival um, to say, gross, it's not food, spit it out, it would hinder or at least not promote survival, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think the best test case against this, for those of you that aren't from the area, you don't understand how Dutch this area is. It's pretty Dutch. Black licorice, man. <laughs> some things are subjective. Some things hit differently for some people than others. Sure, sure. Yeah, And true. some people... Actually, eat black licorice right when they should be spitting it out. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's a statement against evolution, in in the beauty being a functional means <laughs> of just determining does this promote life. Right, right. Because it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Although you might, it might make you wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you were somewhere else. <laughs> I've, but but here's my thing. So when I when I married or when I was dating my my Dutch who Dutch wife, um, her her family as kind of initiation prank got me to have the double zout droppies, which are the saltiest, the like most hardcore Dutch black licorice, and I chewed through it you know, to be tough and to, I don't know, because I felt like I wanted to pass the test. But over time, I've actually developed a taste for it. So if someone passes me one, I'll take it gladly. Oh my gosh. I know. I see you differently now. I'm sure you do. Sure you know you what? Do. So I made I made a joke during the announcements a few weeks back about crunchy peanut butter versus smooth peanut butter. <laughs> and I had a lot of people comment on that. I've had more people comment on the peanut butter reference... In the announcements, then I probably have sermons. Um, I wonder if this is going to touch that, if we're going to get licorice comments. We might. We might. Yeah. Bring it on. Uh, By the way, crunchy, yes. Black licorice, no. That's the way. Mm. I don't know, man. Smooth, smooth is the way. But I'll wow, still eat. I'll, smooth. I'll still Hold eat. Cr- I'll still eat crunchy. Like this, I'm not. This whole episode is just run off the rails. I'm not an either. I'm, I'm not an either or, but I prefer one over the other. Oh man. Okay, we need to keep going. Okay. So I don't know that we can. <laughs> so the naturalistic view, though, that like beauty and and desirability or deliciousness or whatever it is, however we want to kind of subdivide that category, um, is merely for kind of the the advantage of the survivability of the species. What it really does, it de- it denies that anything in the universe is actually beautiful, right? Like, so there's nothing like in a, in a in a true in an honest materialistic worldview. Beauty is inconsequent. It's not. It's not a real thing. It's just. It's just. It's a. It's a mirage. Unless yeah, unless it serves, unless it serves the point of survival, mm-hmm. which includes procreation, mm-hmm. and sure. sure, yeah, this this is there's no way around it. Some are going to find this gross. I'm not going to 
get into details about it, just mm-hmm. sort of throw it out there enough that we understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. For instance, you will see things like uh, BBC likes to do birds, mm-hmm. beautiful tropical birds mm-hmm. of all these amazing colors. And they'll tell you the purpose of this beauty is for no other reason than to attract a mate. And what another bird would find beautiful and desirable for procreation. Why do I also find it beautiful and desirable? (laughs) If it solely serves the function of procreation. Right. And you're a fe and like and you're not a female bird, right? Because it's usually the males that have the the the, the colorful right. feathering or whatever. I'm not a female bird. I'm a male human being, and I'm right. Like, That's so a gorgeous either, bird. <laughs> either <laughs> you got a thing for birds. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. This no, this right, and that's where I say, and that's where I say I know that I listen to our most conservative listener who is saying, I cannot believe what I'm hearing right now. Right, right. That's kind of the point. Right. That's kind of the point is to say, if 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 it can only be functional, then you've got to make arguments for some really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Because why then, why then would we find, why would bird watching be a hobby? Right. A very common right. global hobby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and here's the thing, right? Like we we've acknowledged. I mean, the the crunchy, smooth peanut butter debate. There is a sub, there is a subjective element to certain things, right? Yep. But if it's just subjective, if it's just up to right. the invi- individual, only yeah, then then beauty, like then that's all that beauty really is. Now you might say, okay, well people people differ on, you know, what types of music they like or fashion they wear. Um, so because of that, there can't really be this objective standard of beauty, but just because here's the thing, just because there's disagreement between people on what they think is beautiful doesn't mean beauty doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Let me be, let me give you an example. People disagree about scientific theories. People disagree about historical events, right? Mm -hmm. But science, the truth of it. And history, the truth of it, like what actually happened, are still real things, even if we don't agree on them, right? So, for example, the moon landing. Most people accept, yeah, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. There's a lot of people, some of them smart people, who say, no, we don't think that happened. It, something happened. Either he did or he didn't. And I'm not planting my flag on this, but the reality is that just because there's disagreement on that historical event doesn't mean that there wasn't a historical event. I've, I, I'm just sidelined by the fact that you wouldn't plant your flag on that one way or the other. Um, like I lean more to there was, but I've mm-hmm. but I've there's there's a chink in that armor. <laughs> the Cold War did weird things to people. That's all I'm saying. No, I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not promoting an anti moon landing. Movie, I, I'm just saying. I've I, heard enough. I've heard enough people talk about enough things to be like. Hmm. It just threw me for a second. Not, I had to point it out. I'm not a Moonland denier. I'm. Just, it was a low hanging fruit example. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else to. I. There's other yeah. examples that come to mind, but they'd probably be even more divisive and no, I, I get emotionally it. driven. I so. was just giving you a hard time. Yeah. I, I think. I think it's true, right? Like, but also with beauty, the discussion is even admittedly. I think people would have to admit, even if they wanted to come against the concept of beauty as an existent thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they would have to admit that what we're talking about is not a binary is or isn't. What we're talking about is 
um, gradations, mm. right? Uh, we're talking about relative measures sure. of beauty, right? Uh, so the sky is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The sky, when it is setting, has all the more color. Mm-hmm. And people would say is more beautiful, mm-hmm. I think, by and large. Mm-hmm. And so there are preferences that come because we're talking about gradations and relative measurements mm-hmm. and not just a binary is, is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think like a great example of where people might differ is in something like music, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, there's all sorts of different opinions on like what is good music? What kind of music do they like? And mm-hmm. and it's shaped a lot. It's shaped by, you know, by culture. It's shaped by age. It's shaped by influences and, you know, what you've been exposed to and what you're willing to investigate and explore. So there, 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 there is a fact that there is there are different opinions on music. Right. I, I have a favorite band that I don't tell people about mm-hmm. because I am pretty sure they're not going to like them. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I understand. Which band is it? I understand. I just told you I don't share it. Okay. <laughs> Me without you. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. And here's the thing. So I listen to it and I'm like, eh, it's not, like, it's 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 fine, but it's not, but it's not my favorite. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing in, in light of all that. Lyrically but, absurd. So good. Sure. And, and that would, that actually was one of the things that I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, okay, no, that's, that's great. But, but here's the thing. So despite our differences of like what genre of music we're most drawn to or what era of music we're most drawn to, there are still certain patterns, rhythms, and structures that are generally required for music to be beautiful to anyone, mm-hmm. right? If not everyone. Yeah. Admittedly, right? So there, there are certain things that need to be in place for it to be music that anyone would deem beautiful at all and not just merely noise, right? And you might say, oh, like, you know, heavy metal is noise. Well, no, there are, there is, there are, there are patterns and elements to that. You might not appreciate certain aspects of that genre of music, but it still contains similar elements to every other genre of music that make it... Um, make it something that can be appreciated and valued. Yeah, and right? if you want to... not by you, by someone else. And, and interestingly enough, if you want to quantitate metal as a, as a music form mm-hmm. and, and do a quantitative analysis of other musical forms, mm-hmm. the nearest relative of heavy metal is classical music. Oh, for sure. Right? Yes, 100%. And, and also the groups that would be least likely mm-hmm. to just sort of be like... Hey, you want to swap albums this weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just yeah. almost bizarre how how alike they are in structure, mm-hmm. but how very different they are. Yeah, in um, those who consume so such a thing. When we were younger, stereotypically, my at least. dad we did it a, at least for a couple, two or three Christmases. We went to go see the Trans Siberian Orchestra, mm-hmm. which is like heavy rock. I wouldn't like. I, okay, look, metalheads are so. Oh my gosh! Mm, yes, annoying sometimes because it's like what counts and what doesn't count, and they'll subdivide the metal genre into like twenty different kinds. Ironically, as a means of sticking it, like punk and metal exist. Mm-hmm. 
but as a means of sticking it to the man and we're not going to fall into your categories. They're the most pretentious. But they are the most pretentious and most protected genres oh, of yeah. music 100%. that there are. That's not thrash metal. That's industrial metal. No, that's new metal. No, that's dark metal. Nobody cares about yeah, this. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Neither one of our listeners care yeah, about this. Seriously. Anyways, but but nevertheless, so to see, but to see like kind of that that genre, like the, the screaming electric guitars and crazy like double double kicks on the drums with yep. like violins and cellos is like, is actually pretty awesome to, yeah. uh, to bring together. But that's, that's a, a total side thing. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, but music is like, there's still certain things that need to be in place for, for sound to be music. Right. And, and I, I think the kind of what this points to is if someone wants to bring the, the argument, uh, beauty is not a thing it is only a perception and doesn't need to be acknowledged, right? Um, what we're talking about is not a person who looks and says, you think that mountains are beautiful, I don't see it that way, therefore, mm. right? We're not talking about a single change. Mm-hmm. That person would have to say, I have no preference for anything and I find nothing beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Right. Can they can they be in a place where they can honestly say, "I find no beauty or pleasure." Mm-hmm. Period. Right. 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 Without some sort of medical condition of like I I have no taste buds. Right. Or whatever chemical receptors that allow right. us to right. understand what our brain is telling us when endorphins mm-hmm. are created and mm-hmm. then distributed and those kinds of things. All those things being normal. Mm-hmm. But to still be able to say there is nothing preferential mm-hmm. or desirable, yeah, right? Because you, you can't just dial it down to a thing. It just made me think of a single uh, thing. Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. who's blind. What is one of his best songs? Isn't she lovely? Mm-hmm. Isn't she wonderful? So even even with a, a limited sense perception, right? There is something still that just resonates so strongly that that certain things. Whoever the I think the she is it about his daughter? I don't I don't know. I feel like that song is about his daughter. I could be wrong, but in any case, he's the even for him who hasn't laid eyes on her. There's a, there's a a degree of just wonder and beauty that deserves to be celebrated and mm-hmm. shared. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Going back to something I talked about before, but just because it, it just lines up so well with this whole theme. So C.S. Lewis, again, uh, The Abolition of Man. There's a chapter called Men Without Chest. And he talks about this green book, this famous textbook, right? That taught school children that any value judgments they make. So if you say like this tea is good or this book is great or this waterfall is beautiful, those are just reflections about the speaker and not about the thing. Right. So that is, that is kind of, even this is C.S. Lewis, he's writing this in the thirties or forties, but essentially this idea that like our, our statements about beautiful things only a statement about yourself. Mm. Right. Because, because like, if that's true, then, then right. Then this whole subjective beauty thing and, and that, or that beauty is only subjective is true. Right. Like, I mean, if if beauty isn't a, a a a solid objective tangible real thing that exists then anytime you make any kind of value judgment about anything about food music 
scenery, whatever it might be, another person, really all you're doing is making a statement about yourself, not that thing. Really? Because that thing does because that thing doesn't have whatever. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. your own personal feeling about it, right? And so so in that we're only talking we're we're being narcissistic. Yeah. And saying everyone needs to know about my current status. Right. Of um my current status of intrigue. Right. Right. Yeah. As stimulated by yeah. that thing. This thing tickled my brain. That's all you're saying. That's right. all that you're saying, right? Yeah. Lewis so Lewis goes on to absolutely shred that perspective. Yeah, because because if <laughs> I mean like we'll we'll get into what he said. Like I want to hear what he said. Yeah, yeah. Just my initial response is mm-hmm. um kind of like when we were talking about the various theories on the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. And then there's the hallucination theory, right. to which all science says you can't have uh mass hallucination. It's not a thing. Right? So at what point do you have this sort of like mass stimulation without substance? Right. Because that's the the point of not mass hysteria. You can't have multiple people witness the same thing that didn't happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? It, there has to be substance mm-hmm. in order for there to be a mass response. Right. Outside of just some isolated case where a weird thing happened. Right. So if someone goes and sings a thing that gets recorded and shared online and it gets 10 billion views, mm-hmm. right? Is that mass hallucination, <laughs> mass stimulation, <laughs> or is the thing actually good, right? right? Like, right. is it substantive? Right, right, right. Yeah, and so, yeah, and so Lewis Lewis touches on that a little bit, right, about those, those common, common things. and But he goes on to say, essentially, that there, there are objects in the universe that merit or deserve our approval and our love because of their inherent qualities, right? And one of the major qualities that things might have is beauty itself, right? There are Mm -hmm. things that demand it, right? If you're standing on the shores of uh, Lake Lake Louise in Banff, right? Staring up at those snow-capped mountains rising above those turquoise blue waters, and you say, this is beautiful, right? This is a beautiful sight. You're not just saying this image fires certain neurons in my brain and I'm, I'm sharing that with you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. No, you're saying that this site, what I'm looking at demands recognition, right? It demands it because of its own inherent qualities. Right. Right. And, and I, I think some would say, no, it is actually a chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. And so, so here's, here's my response to that. Just because you're able to identify how these things are carried out physiologically mm-hmm. doesn't deny the beauty of the thing. Right. Right? Just to say, like, I heard them say a thing. And you would say, no, what you heard was a person use their throat and their tongue to manipulate the air in the room. <laughs> what you've done is you've dissected... Right. Exactly what took place physiologically. Yes, Mm -hmm. that person used their throat and their tongue to manipulate the air in their mouth so that it would manipulate the room, the air in the room. (laughs) And in a sense, then, or not in a sense, but then consequently manipulate a small layer of skin in your inner ear, right? Yes, all of these things take place, but a person said a thing. Right. Right. And there's meaning mm-hmm. behind what they said. Mm-hmm. You can't just dismiss it as 
air movement. Right. And, and, when, and when we take beauty and we say, no, it's nothing more than the firing of, uh, of some chemicals and those chemicals being received and it causes our bodies to respond, that's just the physiological explanation mm-hmm. behind the reception of yeah. beauty and pleasure. Like that is happening, but that's certainly not, we don't act, we don't operate as a society, even a secular society, as though that's all that's happening. You know where this bugs me most in our current our current state? I'd love to know. When 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 people who are trying to do like the everything you eat is gonna kill you kind of thing. <laughs> and they say I know exactly where you're going. They say this. when you have sugar, your body responds in the exact same way it does when people take cocaine. Right. Right, because your body has like two functions for this is good, and it uses those, right? Yeah. It's also the same thing that happens when you see your children right. and you smile, right? You know what happens when your kid gives you a hug? It's just like taking cocaine. The same. <laughs> and we know that okay. taking cocaine is wrong, so stop hugging your kids. Right, like obviously, it just makes sense. <laughs> and that's just... Sorry. Yeah. I'll be I, good in a second here. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. They're they're laughing too. We need to if we started talking about a thing of substance right now that I hope they're, they're not, they probably got mad and turned it off. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that joke sparked some uh some sort of chemical response right. and God, neuroreceptors and yeah. they yeah. Uh, found joy. Yeah, there's nothing it, objectively it, funny about what was just they, said. And it's they just... found joy. <laughs> But not like taking cocaine. <laughs> no, no. Not with nearly the negative side yeah. side effects or consequences. Yeah. But come back next week because you need it. <laughs> Sorry. Right, because that's the other side of it, right? Keep coming I back en- for more, folks. I enjoyed it, so I wanted some more. Of course you did. Like, what, what level of science says, did you, know, did you know that we did a study and people who enjoy things want more of those things that they enjoy. What? That's wild, man. That's I'm just wild. saying, I'm a scientist. Well, and so here's the thing. Like, so there's the survival argument that like, you know, beautiful things capture our attention because they are helpful for our survival, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I just had this moment of okay. thinking about like modern science that like really works and measures these things and puts them out like they're groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Going back like to the Victorian age or, or prior right. and being like, based on the work that you've done, right. I've spent the last, you know, four or 500 years building off of that to say people like things that they like. What? And if that scientist would be like, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like strawberries are tasty because they look tasty. And they taste what? and they taste tasty. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would they be like wow? Groundbreaking. <laughs> wow, thanks for carrying the torch. How many millions of dollars of like research did Grant you money. did you did you suck out of your educational institution to come up with that, doctor, whatever your name is? Like, come on. <laughs> but we're fascinated. Like our generation is fascinated with it, aren't we? Oh yeah. We eat it up. Oh, we love it. We love it. All the documentaries, right? Oh man. Oh. 
Yeah. I'm tempted to put on my David Attenborough voice, but I'll do it. I'll do it for the next episode. I'll do it for the next one. It's a very breathy British accent. No, but so but the thing is like too, like things that are beautiful aren't just things that are beneficial. There's things that are dangerous for us that are also beautiful. It's true. Right? Yep. Like we're attracted. Like what, what What kind of animals do kids like obsess over? It's the ones that can kill them. Mm-hmm. It's like lions. I love lions. I love tigers. It's like, yeah, you do. Also, <laughs> they're dangerous, right? Yeah. Or, or even like... Uh, even like spicy peppers. Mm, yeah, true. Right? You and I would both be very attracted to sure. the look and flavor of a pepper mm-hmm. that is designed to hurt us. That's and right. we would say, I like that. We love the pain. Yeah, which, which really brings an interesting question. And I thought mm. about making this an episode. Okay. But I don't know if we could... I don't even know if we could pretend to come up with an answer let alone come up with an actual answer okay i don't know if we could fake it but here's here's the thing that keeps bothering me in this Mm. i understand that we live in a world that shares the glory of its creator as it was intended to be good Mm. we also have it with death and decay and that struggle of not good Mm -hmm. and we anticipate the return of Christ and all things being restored to their perfect form. Mm-hmm. Yet, perfect form is not the most beautiful form artistically. So here's my here's my point. Oh, I see what you mean. Here's yeah. my point. If someone took a picture of a door that was just brand new on the showroom, you'd be like, I don't care. But you take a picture of a front door that's weathered, and you're like, I could look at that. That's a pretty picture. <laughs> and it's the weathering mm. that is the thing, right? Mm. Or or music. I, I, in one of the groups that we're both a part of, someone shared a video of a robot playing a guitar. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was perfect. I wouldn't listen to it. No, it wasn't beautiful. Because it wasn't beautiful. Yeah. And it's that human element, those mistakes and that kind of, this is kind of getting into the next episode, which is That's okay. beauty inside of creation. Mm-hmm. But the question is, in a restored world, mm-hmm. will the, the decay and damage still mm. make it more beautiful to us? Or is that something inside of us that just sort of um, sympathizes with that or, or the empathy mm. of, of mm-hmm. the common situation mm-hmm. like stirs us in a way. Yeah. I don't know, but it, but it is an interesting yeah. concept. Yeah. I mean, there is a beauty in like the overcoming aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Like that door being weathered, but it's still a door or whatever. Right. right? Like, and I think, and I got to be careful here because I don't want to trip into bad theology but part of you know one of the one of the big questions is you know why why would god allow the fall to happen right um if you're even of the camp that believes that god did allow it to happen i mean there's some people who kind of go off the rails and into open theism but that's a whole other bag of potatoes and for a different year of our podcast but but I think there is beauty. Is so <laughs> next year's episode? Is next year's theme the heresy? The her- just the, the heresy, heresy podcast. Cast? Oh man, that could be interesting. Um, so it'd be revisiting a lot of our our his- history that's, podcast. That's but. too long to run angry. <laughs> I know that wouldn't be good for wouldn't be good for our physiological bodies even. Um, 
So no, but like there is there is a there is an appeal to seeing to seeing good persist through struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And I you know and and so you know that that God redeems is God redeems broken things is at least for me as I reflect on it more beautiful than just things having always been good. Are we going to throw a theological spin on it when we realize that like for the last 20 years, people have been painting their tables just to sand the paint off and <laughs> instead of redeeming the beautiful thing, they're, they're bringing de- brokenness to the Holes beautiful Holes in your thing. jeans, faded jeans, holy jeans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing though, like regardless of, of, you know, all the, the back and forth on this, right? Like getting back to the, is beauty substantive? Is it real? Is it a thing? Right. The naturalistic, materialistic worldview, the, the view that only material things exist. It's just matter is, and that's all it is. That's not a beautiful view. No. It's not, because within that view, there is no meaning, there is no value, there is no hope, there is no beauty. Mm-hmm. Naturalism has no answer for beauty. A, a honest atheist has no answer for beauty. Now, I realize that there, sometimes, you know, they are going to argue for it. And that is just, that is just, you know, because they're made in the image of God and they've been designed that way. Right. Yeah, And even, even if the, even if it's perpetuation, if that's the only argument that they would give, it does have a purpose and its purpose is perpetuation. Yeah. Then you have to ask the question, perpetuation, why? Right. 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 That's, yeah. that's one thing I've never understood about the naturalistic worldview is this urge, this desire for perpetuation. What does it matter to a species? Mm-hmm. That when they are no longer, others are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's placing a value on your bond of chemicals and processes mm-hmm. uh, by chance and time. Yeah, placing a value on them that they would value perpetuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right? And, and so yeah, so even even if you want to argue, no, beauty does have its purpose, and its purpose is perpetuation. Yeah. This, that's still a value statement mm. that they would that they would long for and desire and need perpetuation mm-hmm. uh, as an individual organism, mm-hmm. which really benefits them none. Yeah, and so many like so many naturalists. I mean, they talk about beauty all the time. I mean, like I already mentioned his name, right? But like David Attenborough, right? With all the the nature podcasts that he does, you know, you know, he'll be, he'll you know there'll be some kind of I don't know, animal, and I'll be like, oh, the, you know, the African parrot is positively breathtaking, right? You, it's you like, couldn't even, you didn't make it to the next episode. I yet. couldn't, I couldn't. No. But like the idea being like, no, I, I even get it, yeah. someone who like doesn't actually have space for true beauty in their worldview can't help but look at the world around them and say, that's beautiful. Yeah. They and, just can't, they can't stop themselves. Or, or, or to see that something is exciting. Sure. Right. We made this right. discovery, and it's exciting. Why? Or encouraging, <laughs> right? Um, any like it, it doesn't just have to be mm. uh, seeing a thing, hearing a thing, mm-hmm. and calling it beautiful, mm-hmm. right? You you taste a thing, mm-hmm. and you decide, do I do I like this? Mm-hmm. Right? They're doing that. Mm-hmm. They're making those judgments, right? Mm-hmm. I I like this, and so that's why I order my coffee the way that I do mm-hmm. because I like it. Right. And I see it as a good thing. Right. Yeah. People like people 
do care about beauty. They And they care about it so much that they talk about it, they pursue it, they debate it, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, even though it has no space in their worldview, which I just find interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the reason is, is because regardless of people rejecting God, they're still made in the image of God. And being made in his image isn't just about having the ability to reason, which is something we've talked about. It's not just having a sense of self or a sense of morality, but it's also having a love and appreciation for beauty. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we get from God. Yeah, and not just beauty, but our place within it, which speaks to purpose, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it, it speaks to something that is an, an appreciation of something that is more outside of us, right? In, in order to hold hard and fast to there is no such thing as beauty, um, this person would have to date under those, uh, those strict rules, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, and then have maybe children according to those rules and, and stay with that. Mm-hmm. And the doctor be like, isn't she lovely? And you have to say, actually, doctor, no. <laughs> that's just a statement about yourself, doctor. Right. There's no- <laughs> that's just a statement about how your brain is, uh, is firing. Right. right. And, and I, I think, I think what we would argue in that is it is painfully unhuman mm-hmm. because we would start using words like mechanical or robotic mm-hmm. to describe someone in that place. Mm-hmm. And, and if a person genuinely responded that way at the birth of their child, the odds that that doctor would consider at least putting that parent on a watch list with a government agency mm-hmm. is really high, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or, or checking into them for some sort of imbalance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? For sure. Uh, because we would look to that and we would say, that statement is not common to the human experience and it is not common to what is considered acceptable within our society. Right, right. And when when that's the case, when we can so strongly and easily make those kinds of statements, mm-hmm. then you, you can't just be like, well, of course, this one person who is most likely inconsistently living mm-hmm. their stated position knows better than everyone else who is practicing what has come to be common practice. Right, right. And that is the acknowledgement and the recognition that some things are just beautiful mm-hmm. and they cause humanity to respond in a different kind of a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the, the last thing that I, I kind of want to say on this is that the only, for me, I think the only logical reason that human beings can appreciate beauty is because of God. Because God in his omniscience, his infinite knowledge, he knows what is beautiful. And he has blessed humanity in particular with the ability, although limited, although flawed to some degree, sure. But he's, he's blessed us with the ability to recognize beautiful things, to appreciate them, and even to create them. And, you know, apart from, apart from that, I, I just don't, I don't see how 
beauty can even be a thing apart from a worldview that includes a creative. Yeah, force. and I, I don't want to get into a place of assigning uh, nefarious motives upon everyone who disagrees with me, mm-hmm. um, at least not today. <laughs> <laughs> but, when, but when a person does combat the issue of beauty... I, I don't find things beautiful. I don't find things desirable. I don't even think it's helpful to do such a thing. It's mm-hmm. it's only process. Um, I, I my natural inclination is why, mm-hmm. why why do you feel that way? Yeah. Not just not just what are the facts that caused you to believe that, but I I just want to know like sociologically psychologically. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. For um sure. that that's I think that's probably the majority response of of human beings is to be like there there is something deeper causing them to act this way. And we made a joke about the guy being the guy who's just going to be the antagonist for everything, right? Um we don't look to that person and think they're the most reasonable. We look at that person and think Something's wrong. Like right. that, that person needs help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they're trying to do something, right? Right, right. And, and, and I think that's where we start running into the whole like, is there motive behind not looking at things and seeing within them mm-hmm. a value of pleasure and beauty and joy and desirability because... If those things are as we see them to be, then there has to be things such as deeper meaning. Um, there has to be uh, some level of purpose and appreciation, possibly a creator, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and all of these other things that we just don't want to get into. But if we can keep everything as mechanical function, time and chance then I don't have to wrestle with those other things. Right. And and so when I when I hear people really coming against beauty as a thing, mm-hmm. I just feel like they're they're up to something and it doesn't make sense that they're not trying to avoid or create another scenario for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, just because it's so uncommon to the human experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada. It's produced by Alex Walker. See you next time. See you.